Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes, episode number 43. This is becoming something. Uh, Andy Ma in the host seat alongside Mark Hayes, who is back from one of his many international or, or interstate, <laughs> as it was last week, sojourns. Hello to you, Hazy. G'day, Murray. Yeah, the Interstate Championship. Congratulations to the New South Wales women and the Victorian men for saluting the at the uh, at the finish line, but on everyone for a tremendous week of golf. When we we record this in Melbourne, before I say good day to you, Stacey Peters, when when are we getting that back over here? When's the next When's the next time it comes to Melbourne the Interstate Series? Uh, it's on a rotation basis, and next year we're heading down to Tasmania, Ooh. and then I believe it would be. New South Wales, and then I think back to Victoria. If you need someone to help you down in Tassie, let me know next year. I want to come along and watch this. I want to come and immerse myself for the three days. Uh, four for four, the men's, three for the women's. Women. I, want to, I want to immerse myself in this. If this was, think about it as like the AFL draft combine. Hmm. This is where the next wave of people are coming through and making their name and getting to know each other and um, we'll talk to Stacey in a second about this Queen Syracuse Cup, but the girls get to know each other at this level before they get selected to play for Australia, and uh, the, all the men and women get to you know see each other's game and know what they're dealing with when they go on tours to the UK or to mm. the USA that they do later in the year. Um, and these they push each other to the, <laughs> they really push each other. They're very friendly on both sides, but they are combative on the golf course. And this is where they learn their trade, Andy. It's phenomenal golf. She used to be Stacey Keating. She's now Stacey Peters, and she's back with us from her international sojourn. Hello, Stace. Hey, guys. How are we doing? You pl- did you play in the Interstates? Were you in the same team as Ali Whitaker? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we were. We played together a few of the years, and honestly, it's one of the best weeks of the year. Why is it, is it so good? To be playing, well, one, to play in a team event, two, to play match play. They're, they're all rare things, you know, in the year of golf, and... You know, to play against some of the the best golfers from the country that are your buddies. Yeah. You know, in the one week, it's yeah, it's awesome. And representing the the state thing, I, think, I don't think we should underestimate just how important that is for individuals and teams to yeah. be representing your state's a really big deal. Absolutely, I think it's a huge uh, part of the pathway that the the kids go through. So yeah, it's very important. Even if you think about it in non golf terms, if you're a, a junior cricketer, your chances of representing Australia oh are you know eleven out of however many million. There's more cracks to play for your state, obviously. Um, it's a big thing. Because not everyone's oh, going to get to the right. Masters, but this might be the pinnacle event of so many of those golfers' careers. And it's actually legitimate. It's it's such a good event. <laughs> it is. I mean, there's only a handful that represent your country. So yeah. outside of that, this is going to be the highest you know level that you can reach. It's been it's been a really phenomenal week for Australian golf. And we, we're going to kick it off. Dimi Papadatis is going to join us on the show. He was one of the headline acts around the world. But while we're on this role, um, t- talking representative team golf, you've been over in Thailand yes. and Japan. So 
just give us tell us about the Queen Syracuse Cup, and then what came thereafter for you and uh, one of the fine young Australian players. Yeah, so last week I spent it in uh, Thailand with three of our. Uh, or first of all, the Queen Syracuse Cup is a three three person team. We've got Grace Kim from New South Wales, Becky Kay from Queensland, and Steph Bunky from Victoria representing Australia. Um, and it's a three day event with best two scores counting each day. And I mean, it's against, it really is for the girls. It is the, the pinnacle. I would say it's, you know, as good as the world cup. Um, yeah. Wouldn't you say, Hazy? Um, Especially, you know, with those players. With Korea and Thailand involved. <laughs> yes. And Japan. So it's an Asian based, a Pacific Asian based. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For, I think there's 13, 14 countries uh, involved. And yeah, which it, I mean, our girls, I wouldn't say they would have been pleased with their week. Um, but again, just a huge, a huge learning curve for us, and you know, even for for myself, and um, yeah, that, that went over there. I mean, it was it was awesome to see where it's really at, and for us to be seeing what the other girls are doing, what the other teams are doing, um, how they're going about their business, and you know, the way that it finished up with Korea tying with Thailand in regulation, and then it goes to they actually just brought it in this year that if there was a tie the third score on the final day will count as the count okay, as the right count back. Yep, yep, yep. And so then that's gone to Korea against Thailand in Thailand. Mm, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, a bit tense. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. So, um, but, you know, it, it was awesome. It's awesome for the event. And, yeah, hats off to the Koreans. That's really where it is at the minute. Five in a row and, six, and 11 out of the last 12, Korea. It's um, very impressive. Oh, it is. And, and Gets played annually. It's played annually, yep. and um, when Stace refers to the World Cup and the comparison, it's, it's absolutely spot on because there's only another few countries that can actually compete at the Korean level, if at all. Um, and then when you throw in the Japanese, the rise of the Japanese and the obviously burgeoning Thai golf it's, system. That's phenomenal. And yep. there was a big surprise this week for a while, Stace, with the Philippines going so well too. Well, that was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really. Really, really good. And um, Indonesia yeah. as well, huge result for them. And the other, perhaps, I don't want to just say that we were disappointing, but if you want to lump us into that category loosely, China was probably a disappointment because they're going to be big too. Yeah, especially, I think final day, they had like six over as Mm. their counting score and they were quite, they were well up there. Yeah. It was funny, uh, I was chatting to one of the Korean coaches on the final day and they said for them that week, oh, it was such a bonus. This was like their second team because (laughs) all the others had just turned professional. Yeah. So they didn't expect this at all. So, I mean, Look out in a couple shows of years that, again, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so what do you? That's the, that that shows Andy that, particularly for our women, but also for the men now, that going into an Asia Pacific competition is legitimate and world class and a great pathway. So Stace, what are you seeing? What do you when you go over there with your background in golf as a player, and now you're in this development sort of you know management coaching type role? What do you see? What are they doing now that they weren't doing? 15, 20 years ago, and what are they doing that's different from what we're doing in terms of developing our talent? That's a good question. No, um, you know, obviously that's a that's what we all want to find out, don't we? But I mean, they have the numbers that they have is you know yeah, another right, level. Okay. Like yep. they really they have so many to choose uh, to choose from. Obviously, it's going to be easier to find a golden nugget from that. But but in saying that, that their work ethics are off the chart. Like you know, they are above and beyond what what we what we do as a general rule. Um, their professionalism, the way they go about things, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be recommending that to everybody, mm. but maybe somewhere in between. So, so when you talk about, you know, Korea, Thailand, 
and Japan in particular, are the players, particularly the women, the female players that they're producing at the moment, what sort of press coverage are they getting? What, what sort of notoriety and status are they receiving in, the, in their home countries? Oh, I think definitely Japan is uh, off the charts from what I see. I mean, they had camera crews and stuff over there then. I'm not sure career-wise. I mean, I would say it's up there, but I, I, I generally always think that Japan is, is off the charts with media. Have so you got a sense for that? Yeah. Um, at the Women's Australian Open, we have accredited media, and I can tell where they're from, obviously. And, yeah, Japan and Korea, even without perhaps their big guns, they're always interested. Um, we're, we're sort of itching for um, Shan Shan Fung to come to the Women's Australian Open and so that we can see what happens on the Chinese front. Because if, if by extrapolation of the numbers that come for Japan and Korea – the, you know, the obviously overwhelming size of China would be a huge boon for that tournament. So it is a really big uh, thing. And, you know, we've spoken before about the, the three tiers of the Korean women's tour, the yep. professional tour. Yep. I mean, it's unthinkable that here in Australia, uh, they are fascinated by women's golf. And, and oh, yeah. so accordingly, the media coverage grows. It, women's golf in Korea is like AFL stroke NRL. And mm. herein lies the challenge. You You are attracting fine athletic talent into golf in those countries because the shop window and the pathway and the allure is obvious. Whereas in Australia, like it's, it's hard to find unless you carry web, like it's, it's, it's very hard to find much press coverage as despite the great attempts of people in this room and others, um, regarding golf in general at the moment, men and women. So yeah. it's a, it's in terms of that, and I know Golf Australia's laid out its blueprint, which is really, it's a big deal, and hopefully will redress some of these shortcomings in terms of um, making people really aware, broad, more broadly speaking, of the pathways. But they, they've got a massive advantage if you've got a, a hungry media who are prepared to push the stories of these prominent players. And if golf doesn't, give you that example think about the new zealand all blacks mm. um a country absolutely fascinated mm. with rugby union um and consequently their, their their rugby teams men's and women's boys girls maori teams they're all just dominant mm. um because of the interest there uh it, it all stands to reason if if kids have stars in their eyes to to play rugby there it'll go on and press on and be dominant same with career and women's golf same with footy in Victoria and South Australia, etc. And um, one of the things that we're really wary about here, and we're really grateful for Inside the Ropes and the, and the following we've gathered. Like it's, we're, we're really incredibly grateful. One of the fears is that we preach to the choir. That's right. And we need pretty much, you know, we, we send out a lot of um, calls to arms for our, for our crew who are listening, but, you know, we need people to actually extend the audience. Go mm. and have a listen to these guys if you think it's good because... Um, that's we need to get the next wave of people in, not the rusted on golf fans. Spot on. So, so hopefully, people like Jason Day and Adam Scott, who do transcend, um, you know, the coverage that the game gets, they are um, players of significant uh, sports people of significant notoriety in Australia. Hopefully, they've still got um, some big shots to fire, and we're very hopeful when it comes to Day, where marginally less hopeful when it comes to Scotty. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, I think so. They both flew the flag brilliantly at the players. Now, Webb Simpson wins. There's a bit to talk about off the back of this. Wins by four. Made it a bit of a cakewalk, unfortunately, after the scene. And for Webb Simpson supporters, he didn't really trip up. He made a couple of blues on the Sunday. But he needed to make three or four catastrophic mistakes 
What I, really what I, um, Stacey and I were talking before we came on air about good professional golfers. Webb Simpson, when he got his nose in front, mm. or well, he got his whole body in front, it wasn't just a nose, mm. he played to the center of every green. Yep. Like it, it was it was boring to yep. watch. I'm sorry, Webb. It was boring to watch, but my God, it was effective golf yep. to bank a huge check. I mean, you know, hats off to him. He yep. did exactly what he had to do. It wasn't that thrilling to watch, to be honest. I mean, you, until when, when Tiger, I don't know where you want to take this conversation, Andy, but Tiger sort of was leading the pack up to him. Mm. Then all of a sudden he dropped off with a bogey on 14 from nowhere and then the double on 17. And everyone sort of fell back um, coincidentally. Uh, and the air came out of that tournament horrendously. It did. I thought Scotty was really interesting, Stace, at the end of it. He said uh, he shoots 68 in the final round, bogey-free round, finishes tie 11, I think he might have been, at the end, day finishes tie 5. Scotty said the course was set up soft uh, on the Sunday. Now, weather helps, and we know they're moving it back to March as of next year, and the winds will be different, and the course will bear its teeth more at that time of the year than it does at this time of the year. But he said after the round that he, his theory was that they set it up soft so someone could go out and shoot 62 or 63 and come out of the pack at Simpson. It was really interesting observation, I reckon, from Scott because they thought, well, Simpson's just going to try and shoot around about par. He's not going to go birdie hunting mm-hmm. in the final round. So let's set the course up so that if somebody does really light it up here and get after him, they might be able to come from seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 back. It was... Yeah, it's it, interesting kind it of was, to hear that, it? isn't yeah. it? It's like they're trying to dictate the tournament, aren't a they? Like bit, with the, yeah. I guess they have the power to do that. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. They do. And, and the Masters <laughs> has definitely got that capacity, but they don't want to be seen to be no. a laughing stock at all. But Brooks Kepka lived yep. up to that. I mean, he went nuts on the last day, including the Albatross. He did. Um, so I, I sort of concur with Scotty on that one. And it all plays into the hands, Andy. I'm sure you've got thoughts on this about the fifth major. They couldn't let, and I've used huge inverted commas on this thing, they couldn't let the fifth major just be a cakewalk and a boring tour event. So they need something like that to happen, the mm. uh, you know, the conspiracy theorist might suggest. Correct. Um, because there's so much talk about that becoming, inverted commas again, the fifth major, um, that you know a boring event just wouldn't stand the test of any scrutiny. Does anyone in this room share the view from the cheerleaders over in the United States of America that it deserves being added to the rotor of major championships, that we should have a fifth and it should be it? Yeah, well, then I guess it would match up with the women's, wouldn't it? It When they first came out with the fifth major for the women, I was actually against it because I was like, well, it's tradition to have four majors, but then we're going to get nowhere if we keep saying that in the world of golf, aren't we? You know, it's tradition, you know, you've got to wear the certain clothes, yeah, everything's yeah. tradition. Um, yeah, so I don't know, why not? Let's match it up with the uh, the how women's you, and have five. How dare you, Sophie? How dare you? Go on, Well, I'll, I'll give you credit for the views on tradition and True, no, the, no, the no, need to break them absolutely down. Absolutely, elements of that we agree with. Um, however, <laughs> however, my God, <laughs> states, we're, what, what are you doing? <laughs> that... Anyone in the United States of America thinks that they are worthy of having another golf tournament of such high importance is a disgrace. Nothing short of a disgrace. So I agree with you. And let's just can it. And we don't need a fifth major. We don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. What about the women's? Do you agree with that one? um, I I wasn't as across the reasoning for why they added Evian. I'm, I'm not sure why that was the case. I'm not sure... 
whether they wanted a point of difference, whether the money spoke, I think it probably did. Um, but it's a bit more, I think the women's, without being disrespectful, is a bit more of an evolve. It's a bit more evolutionary at the moment. It's it's that level of the women's game. I think he's trying to find, he's more in a position where it's trying to find what fits it and will then therefore forever after be the perfect setup. The master, the, the four majors sort of somehow found well, it's... They evolved to what they it, are now. It did. And it was only in the 50s, hmm. really. And no one can really say what year the Masters officially kind of received major status. It was sort of somewhere between 54 to 57 or 58, as far as I can kind of best ascertain. But that's still now a long time. That's still now getting into the 60, 70 year range where it's been the four and it is established. So maybe in another 50 years, the five will be okay, Andy. If anything could happen, the one thing I'd like to see happen for what it's worth and let us know whether this is a good idea or not. And I think you and I have kicked this one over a couple of beers late at night, but (laughs) I'd like the PGA Championship to be a global PGA Championship and the the World Tours get to host the PGA Championship on a... Great idea. Every five or six years, you know, Japan gets it, then South Africa gets it, then Australia, Australasia gets it, then China gets it, then... Then America gets it again, so it becomes the, a major, the, the portable major that visits all of the PGAs around the world, um, and is a true global major championship. That's that's one. That's what I would change. Yeah, I think I that's like, a great I like, idea. Yeah. I like that idea. The PGA of America won't let it happen, though. Of course, they, they won't. Which is you know, symptomatic because all the the big events in world golf, the Ryder Cup, the Presidents Cup. The PGA, the United States PGA Championship, all these championships, they're all owned by someone, and that's their cash yeah, cow. Of course. So the PGA of America just, you know, milks the cash out of the PGA Championship, and will they let that go to Japan or South Africa or Australia? Uh, yeah, no. Nah. No chance. And American TV won't let it happen. Nah. I mean, it loses every. It only gets the bang for the buck once every from a from a, you know, time into the American market on TV perspective. It only suits them, mm. you know, once every five or six years, if that was ever to be the case. Yeah. So it'll it'll never happen. It's but it's my great. If I was the grand poo bar of world golf and I could just make happen whatever I wanted, that I'd do yeah. it. I'd do it next year. Well, the first thing I would do if I had your poo bar hat on would be to actually go and instruct people what the W stands for in WGC. Yeah, well, of course, it's the same. It's pretty much the same argument. I think yeah. You, yeah, it is. Yeah. I just like that was constructed to be a global thing, and it's suddenly shrunken back onto the North American continent and. I, I, I'm just staggered. I shake my head at the, yeah. how that's evolved like that. And, you know, that's something that I think we all need to redress collectively. So, Stace, Scotty goes back to the big putter, given the fact that you've been hazy would blanch this because he thinks he's fairly elite. But you are the player who's played the elite level of golf out of the three of us. <laughs> Scotty goes back to the long putter. It reignites. You know, McCarran plays in the tournament. It reignites the... Is this, you know, even though it's not intentional, there appears to be... Is it legal? Be, is it legal? Yes, yes. Yes. Do you... Where are you sitting on this one? I haven't heard your view on this. Well, I just think they need to... It's yes or no. Like, the, like they can't actually tell you if it's against your chest. Isn't that right? It's Isn't making that, some... Providing you are, your just, intention is not to... Yeah. They let you too, go away I think it. it's too messy. Oh, like, great. it has to be yes or no. Just, yeah. like, let it go or there's no long putter allowed. Like, I just think it's too messy, the in-between. Okay. So what about the – I think Hazy and I would agree with that. What about the anchoring the, – the Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar, anchoring the longer shaft of putter to the inside of your forearm? Yeah, I don't like it either. Is well, it, I still think it's the same sort of thing. Okay, yeah. right. 
But so, I, I'm not totally against – I'm okay for them just to have it as you're actually allowed. Yeah. Like when they brought in the rule, I was – yeah, I was actually against that rule change. Yeah. And I, I still am. Have you got a problem with the with the Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar type setup? Um, not specifically. I've got a problem with the, the tour, tour um, being the ones that enforce the rules. Um, I, I like to think that in an ideal world – we wouldn't have to worry about intention. We would just say, is it on the chest or is it off the course, chest? And yeah. we would actually do something. It's a game of honesty. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my my problem lies with the fact that, i sorry to keep bringing up his name, but Bernard Langer mm. is the cash cow of the Champions Tour. The the people who, they're, the it's effectively a players union. The PGA Tour is not going to rain on the parade of the bloke that brings everyone through the gates of the <laughs> Champions Tour. That's right. Yep. So the, therefore the rule becomes um, obscure. Yep. and not enforceable. And yep. that's exactly the way the tour it's, wants it. I agree. Yep. It's um, too messy. So let, let's whip through the others. Go on. We'll speak to Dimi Papadatis very, very shortly. Um, Lucas Herbert. Lucas Herbert. Um, unbelievable performance over in Sicily. Lights out he was on the Final last round, day, 63. Yeah. And he, he, wanted the, he, wanted that, he wanted another four or five holes. He yeah. did not want that to finish. He was playing so well. And what we know of that. him, he'd be just rolling on the confidence, wouldn't he? I mean, he oh. was, yeah. Great well, to see. Lucas Herbert, I mean, he's just done the most amazing things, Andy, and he has gone to 143 <laughs> in the world rankings. We know what he's chasing. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. we do. And he said he sat, he sat in this very studio and put it on the table, and he's well on his way. The most remarkable thing is when he left the Queensland Open Championship last year, he was ranking was over 700. <laughs> is that right? He hasn't won a tournament, and he's 143 in the world. And he's missed a couple of cuts here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his golf has been unbelievable since the New South Wales Open last year. Three times top 10 on the European Tour now. Without a card. He's only got cards in Australia, Canada, and China. This is phenomenal golf he's playing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped for him. You know, when he, when he breaks through, finds a home, and goes nuts, look out. Yeah, he'll be a great story for Australian golf, and he'll be a great storyteller. For yeah. Australian golf, I reckon we we just don't go changing, we, no. and I don't think he will. He's got good people around him who will keep him pretty grounded, and uh, it was spectacular stuff. As I said, Dimi Papadatis is going to join us on the show. We're going to talk Matt Griffin and Brendan Jones over in Japan. Cam Davis on the web dot com tour. There's a load to get through. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. G'day guys, I'm Scott Hend. I'm around the world playing golf everywhere, but when I can, I publish the Inside the Ropes. Welcome back to the show. We're touching on, in the first segment, some of the great results uh, put on the board by Australian players around the world. Uh, Dimi Papadatis not too far away from joining us. But one of the majors was held up in Japan on the weekend, and as we say uh, routinely on this show, it's all a bit of a mystery, sadly, life up in Japan. I know you've been there, Stace, this week. We'll get your thoughts on that in a moment, but... Uh, but for a cruel stroke of miserable luck, Matty mm. Griffin would have putted his way into a playoff in the Japanese PGA Championship, one of their majors. In the end, he and Brendan Jones continue to fly the flag brilliantly up there, tying for third. But I've, looked, I've watched the replay of um, Griffin's putt. <laughs> well, I reckon how did that miss? I don't know how it didn't drop. Oh. 
I, I wrote in the story that gravity switched off for five seconds. It's exactly what happened, Hazy. Yeah, it was coming in very slowly from the high side, curling nicely, dying in the hole speed-wise, and the Japanese golf gods just, it just blew it out. Burnt. It just refused refused to fall its way uh, into the hole. So Griffin shoots 69 in the final round alongside Jones. They both kind of, re- not, not charge, charge you need to go a bit lower than that, but they both play their way right into contention, got beaten by Taniguchi uh, and Fujimoto. So the Japanese obviously have a real stronghold up in their tour. But that's, again, we, we, we're not burying the lead up in Japan because we'd like to know more, but it's just very difficult to access it. And you have to try pretty hard or follow these guys via their own social media accounts to get the sort of rolling news as it plays out. And what Jones, what Jones has been doing up there for quite some time, uh, and what Griffo's doing now, there is really, really positive stuff. Yeah, and that's on the back of Anthony Quayle, who we spoke of to course, a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Of and, you know, and Quayle spoke about the, the troubles facing the men's side of things, but he also referred to how much more difficult it was on the women's side of things, Stace, and yeah. you had first-hand experience of that. Yeah, well, because we were up there uh, in Thailand, I decided, well, it's only like a four-hour flight to go over and uh, see Karis Davidson, one of our Golf Australia rookie members. So I went there for three days and just to... She's playing in Japan. She's playing on the latest Japanese tour. She got her full card through four stages of Q School last year. I mean, that's an awesome effort in itself. And so I just thought I'd go there, just see how she's doing, I guess really just offer a bit of support and... It is so tough up there. So what? I mean, t- define tough. Like. Just, I mean, just the the language barrier. Yeah. Like she has to have a translator with her twenty four seven. Um, you can't share a translator. You can't. So that financially in can't itself. Can't share a translator. You no, you have to have your own as an international. But it's a it's a That's tour a rule. rule. Yep. Yep. So if the, just in case you have to do an interview or in case you can't understand the scorers or wow. so that in itself. And, you know, just little things like socially and stuff. It's really tough. I mean, you know, Karis, Karis described it as, um, well, she's enjoying some Karis time yeah, at right. the moment because, yeah. uh, you know, socially it's very tough. I think I would definitely struggle up there. So how long does it talk? Like, is she up there for four, five, six months? Is that um, the sort of Well, I think this year the schedule is like 38 weeks, which yep. is, you know, okay, that's, right that's a lot. She's done – she's going to do a couple of trips back to Australia in mm. between, though, to break it up, and hopefully um, I'll get up there again as well. But So, so what does she do socially? What's... Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is. It's really tough. She said she's been trying the last couple of weeks to find ways to, you know, just do touristy things, just like on a Monday or a Tuesday or something, and take it easy just to get her mind away from things. Um, she has had a couple of family friends go up uh, with her and just, just to hang out, really. Um, but that's one thing going forward. She said she wants to get better at, you know, doing things outside of golf. So she's not just... Yeah, yeah, in that wow. kind of bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. I think is going to be really important uh, for they, her. They don't go out for dinner socially or anything like that? No. Def- um, and she, Well, she said, you know, one of the main reasons for that is the language barrier. You know, yeah. it's probably hard sitting across the dinner table... How old is she, Stace? She is nineteen. That is, yeah. a, that's a tough. Oh, her that's first a year tough out. Thing to I ask mean, of a nineteen-year-old, isn't it? I think she's she's growing up really quick. But hey, hats off to her. I mean, I think she's doing an awesome job up yeah. there. She she played great while I was there on um on the weekend. She actually finished tied eleventh. And had a hole in one on Sunday, so That's that was great. kind of cool to see. That I think I actually got a bit more excited than she did. But <laughs> can totally you imagine? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it was awesome. So then she had, and they were carrying on after. You know, it was pretty cool watching. Then the translator having she had to do all these interviews, and it was kind of cool to watch. But we, we spoke about uh, Lucas Herbert jumping up the rankings. She didn't take quite the vault, but she definitely came up. She's mm. and from nowhere, you know, mm. 
literally nowhere in the last couple of years. She's she's already bobbed up into the mid two hundreds and with a bullet. So another person going well. Uh, as is Cam Davis, who you know we celebrated with him at the open our open last year, and um, every time he tees it up, seemingly at the moment, Hazy is putting results on the board, and he did it again. At the Knoxville Open. On Knoxville, the Open. Knoxville Open. That's one of the time on it, of course, on the web.com. But another really important stepping stone for this really, really gifted young Australian player. He had a bit of a hiccup, actually. He actually did enough to qualify a couple of events ago on the web.com tour and didn't quite tick all the boxes administratively. Don't ask me to say that word twice. <laughs> say, it, say it again. No, I think that's okay, once right enough. Sing it then. <laughs> I might do that. That's right. Uh, and he, so he missed the previous tournament, and so you know might have been a kick in the guts, but not for Cam. He's uh, come back sixty-seven, sixty-seven on the weekend. Going to win you a lot of money doing that if you can make the weekend and then shoot ten under. Finish tight. What did he finish? Fourth. Uh, fourth. Yeah. Gets him into the following week. So yeah, it's going to be great for him. And he's got some other yeah. big things coming up too, Stace. Yeah, he's also got to start in the Memorial on the PGA Tour. Oh. So. Yeah, that's going is to be that, pretty exciting. Is to that watch. by virtue of Australian Open or not? I, I think so. I think his management company's actually worked uh, off the back of the Australian Open victory to yep. get that long term. So that that's a great result for him, and and might be the you know sadly one of the few things that does get him directly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for him again, another big rankings jump up. He's on the verge of the top one hundred and fifty, and we you know as he starts to he hasn't got a card. Just the same way. That Lucas is, is um, I wouldn't say bumbling around, but they're bumbling around trying to find starts. Yep. Yeah, it's just great for them to have somewhere to play. Really, you know, yeah, the, getting the odd start here or there. It's uh, their party's yeah. waiting to happen. They just haven't yeah. got a venue, and and for both of them to be on either side of one fifty right now is phenomenal. But what does it say about them in terms of their ability to stand up when the moment <laughs> presents itself? Make the most of an opportunity. They know, yeah. they know that here's a chance for me, a to make some money but B, to get my ranking up, which will make the next step a bit easier. What an amazing capacity when they get in to go low and finish in the top five, both of them. That is That says a fair bit about the game and their ability to, to lift when when required. Absolutely. And and uh, Cam, Cam's got that happy knack of, of victory too. So he hasn't quite had the same number of top tens as Lucas. But I reckon that uh, somewhere along the track here, because he's got that absolute capacity, to, just like Lucas, to go low, mm. and he's figured out in his head how to win tournaments yeah. like he did in Sydney. I think that's what we've seen a lot with Cam Smith, actually. You know, given yep. an opportunity, and he's just made the most of it. You know, qualify for US Open, he finishes what, you know, what they do there. Then, you know, he's just really made the most of those. So. Exactly. Great yeah. fascination. Hashtag golden era. Great fascination with a lot of these young fellas. One last one before we get to Dimmy. Papadatis, who's about to join us. Um, Ryan Ruffles, what's the latest with this prodigiously gifted young man? Ryan Ruffles, last week on the Latin America tour, um, eagled the last hole to make the cut on the number, then shoots uh, 67-66, I think, to finish T11. So, yeah, another great result for an Aussie on the weekend. What a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a phenomenal week. It really is. I mean, it doesn't get back page anywhere because it's not a big win on a big tour. Mm. But I challenge any other country, including the United States, to have a better weekend than that on so many different levels of golf on so many different corners of the globe. Well, here's a great thing about the state of Australian golf at the moment. There's rarely a week go by where uh, on one of the major female or male tours anywhere around the world, there's not at least one Australian contending somewhere. Yeah. 
it's just a rarity these days that they don't stick their nose in the frame, which yeah, is it's a exciting. Great thing. It is. Yeah. And perhaps yeah. the only tournament where an Australian probably coulda, woulda, shoulda was a dirty Kiwi. <laughs> West Australian based New Zealander. We love him dearly. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, Michael Long is a good fellow. He's a real good fellow. He keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? He tells everyone he's a, um, still a New Zealander, but he's a West Australian, yeah. which I think is really cool. So he won the West Australian PGA Championship, Andy, which is going to have a direct link to our next guest. So we've been mentioning the name Timmy Papadatis a bit already, and we finally get hold of the big fella who has had. In, in the middle of all of the results that we've been talking about on the show from Australians around the place, this is as significant as any. On the second tier over in Europe, he wins over in Portugal, the Portuguese mm-hmm. Open, and suddenly the doors of the world of golf start opening up for him. Former Open of the, winner of the Vic Open, of course, good enough to join us on Inside the Ropes. Timmy, thanks for joining us, mate. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What does it mean? Well, just in the short term, as you try and work out what the tournament, winning a tournament like this, actually means uh, in terms of what comes next, in terms of your sort of belief and feeling like you're a whole lot closer to something you may not even know what it looks like yet, how significant do you reckon that win feels? Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty big considering where I was, you know, a week and a half ago, I was playing Cottesloe Pro-Am and flying over to Perth, getting ready for WAPGA to defend my title there. And, um, you know, my my name sort of... I got a message from the entries, European Tour, saying I was fixed reserve for Portugal and it looked pretty promising that I was going to get a start. So I booked my flight last Friday and um, got all set to come over here and ready for action and... Yeah, I had very limited status. Looked like I was going to just get Portugal, maybe. Uh, it was looking like I might have gotten Spain the week after and then nothing else. So it was going to be a pretty short trip for me, but it's worked out really well and looks like I've set myself up for the rest of the year with a pretty good schedule. That's awesome. It is awesome. And it, it, it's a sliding doors moment of golf because you could very easily, Jimmy, I know you're, a, you know you're a very loyal member of the PGA Tour of Australasia and you've done a phenomenal job winning across the other side of the Tasman twice in Australia. Um, would have been so easy for you to just pack your clubs and go to Kalgoorlie and take the easy option, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. It was, um, you know, I had a hire car, you know, and a room sorted. The PJ looked after me as defending champion, so expenses and everything was paid for. And wow. It would have been great to go down to WAPGA and defend my title there. I've obviously played well there, and I felt like I was playing pretty good at the time, but I knew, um, you know, as much as it's great to go and defend a title for my future going forward to try and get over into Europe, I had to take this opportunity and, you know, it wasn't, you know, you don't need much to get, you know, get the ball rolling, but, and it was a bit of a gamble really, but I'm pretty happy I took it in the end. So you, you booked that flight when the text message comes through or the email, whatever you got comes through you book your flight. It's a long way away. Give us the timeline in terms of when you got there, uh, kind of how many legs there were from the moment you got on the flight um, out of Australia and how long you had to prepare for you know your first shot on the first hole in Portugal. Um, well, I got a bit of time. I flew out Sunday night from Perth to Dubai and then I flew Dubai-Lisbon. So it all, in all up, it took about 26 hours. And then I had a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Lisbon down to Portimao. Um, I didn't have 
anyone to room. I didn't really know anyone there except uh, Benny Eccles, who was already, understandably, everyone else was already set for the week. Everyone had, you know, their card and knew where they were staying. So I just sort of rocked up there, no caddy, no one rooming with no one and just, yeah, got down to business, really. It's phenomenal, isn't it? It is. Probably Monday afternoon, actually, I think I got in. Okay. So when you, I mean, hopefully... Jimmy, this is going to be the thing that opens all the doors that Andy referred to earlier for you. It's such a humble beginning. It's unbelievable when you just to hear you say that now. You know, you could be crashing on Benny Eccles' floor, and then it's the it's your path to to the riches that you've been chasing for a decade. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I've been working towards this for a long time now, and I've been coming over to Europe for the last three or four years with uh, not much success. I've played well in Australia and I've played okay in bits and pieces, but I haven't really got anything going over here. And I knew uh, once I got into contention um, on Friday, I had a good round. I shot six under and I, I was sitting about second or third. And I thought, you know, this is a good opportunity now to have a good result. And as soon as I got into... Um, to the last round, I was only a shot back. I, I knew I had to just pretty much win it because I thought to myself, you know, a good finish coming fifth or something like that, it, it's great and, you know, it might get me into the next... It'll get me into the next week, get a little bit of money on the money list, but it still wouldn't have improved my status and I would have still had very limited um, playing opportunities for the year. So I really needed to buckle down and win and maybe that might have helped me out. Oh, you've got a... Not- you know, buttering you up too much, but you've got, we spoke about Cam Davis a couple of minutes ago, you've got a happy knack of bobbing your head out the right line, at the right time in photo finishes, getting, you know, getting across the line, which is the key to being, a, you know, an ultimately successful professional. What do you think about your game is giving you that edge in the crunch moments? Um, not sure, really. I've sort of just, I guess it's just the hard work and knowing you know, how much I put into it and, you know, I think everyone wants it pretty bad. It's just, you know, whether or not you're willing to put yourself in the position to win and, you know, there's, it's not easy going out there and get, putting yourself in the, it's pretty vulnerable position, you know, getting out there, putting yourself in the lead. Um, I did that in the last round. I birdied two of my first four holes and I was straight in the lead and um, it's, you know, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and put yourself there and give yourself that opportunity. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I think, you know, maybe that might be a bit of a difference. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid of going out there and losing. If I if I get in front and someone runs me down, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good luck to them. But I've just got to go there and put myself in a position and do as good as I can. But, yeah, just... Definitely not trying to shy away from the lead. If I get in now, pretty keen to get stuck into it. Hey, Dibby, Stacey Peters here. Congratulations on an awesome week, mate. Um, I read Thanks, after, um, yeah, last week that your original plan, you know, with the US Open qualifier and stuff, that was, you know, that was in your plans. With this win, is yep. that still something you're aiming for? Is that, um, has this win changed your plans? Well, obviously it's changed your schedule, but um, what about the US Open side of things? Um, at this stage, I'm considering not doing the US Open qualifying, funnily enough, because next week I'll be playing Czech Republic, then I'll play Switzerland. Um, 
to play the US Open qualifier, I'll have to fly from Switzerland Sunday back to London to play 36 holes at Walton Heath and then hopefully qualify. But if I happen to qualify, it'd mean I miss a couple of weeks on the Challenge Tour, um, which could prove costly at the back end of the year. And all the advice I've gotten from all the guys, especially having a good chat to Ryan Fox, who's last night at dinner, who's been there and done it all before. And um, I think, yeah, my priority now, as much as I'd love to play US Open and be great to play majors, I think I've got to stick to the job of trying to wrap up my card on Europe and playing as many Challenge Tour events as I can. Sounds like a really sensible, yeah. you yeah, know, definitely. like the, the lure of, you know, you're obviously in good form. The lure of, you know, taking that form down to US Open qualifiers and maybe getting in and playing, you know, a major early in your career would be a difficult thing to turn your back on, I reckon. But we're all nodding our heads listening in this studio, listening to you describe why you're doing what you're doing. And it just feels like the right thing. I think we're all going to say to you, Dimmy, follow this path, mate. You're going to play a lot of major championship golf yeah. down the track. Exactly. If you miss out by a few hundred bucks uh, yeah. you know, on your card at the end of the year for the sake of the US Open, I don't know, really in the scheme of things, if it'd be worth it, hey? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And plus, yeah, like I said, the... It's what I've been working towards and, you know, if I happen to be good enough to play majors, to be honest, if I got into the US Open, it'd be great, but I don't think I'd be, you know, contending in a US Open at this point in time. So I think I've got a few years before I um, start playing well in majors, but I think I'll just stick to with what I'm working on at the moment and trying to um, take the opportunity I've got of getting the getting the card on the main tour. Dimian. We spoke earlier about the Interstate Series. I'm not sure whether you played Interstate Series for New South Wales or not, but uh, it it doesn't seem too far removed from where you are. Do you have me- fond memories of your amateur days, and can you believe that you are on the doorstep of something bigger, much bigger now? Yeah, I've got very fond memories. I played our Interstate Series, um, had a bit of success actually in the Interstate for New South Wales. Um, I think the last one we played at was at Royal Adelaide, and we happened to win that, and yeah, there was a lot of good players from our team, and those came up with like the Jordan Zernick and Jake Higginbottom, Matt Steiger, and there was a lot of great players um, in the team with us. So, and now they're all, we're all playing pro ranks together, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I've got, I've got to ask you one cheeky question, Jimmy. Sorry, because you might be in the top. 500 in the world golf rankings, but 240 is up to. I want to ask a question about that. Yeah, well, you can get to it straight after this one. If he's in the top 240 in the world golf rankings, I know some people have got him pegged in the top 50 or so in the world party rankings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is this true, Dimmy? Still, or is this? Yeah. Well, no. I don't know if you. Do you think you should be higher than top 50? Yeah, I'd have his category for sure. <laughs> so how, <laughs> how did the celebrations go after last week then? Well, I'm, funnily enough, that was uh, I'm talking it up, but um, yeah, I did nothing after that. I had to drive. I stayed back at the club and had a couple of drinks and a few, few of the uh, fire water. It's called the <laughs> shots that they drink. Uh, the Portuguese. So I was there with the greenkeepers and the volunteers having a few drinks and a couple of beers with them. But, That's awesome. Um, I had to drive back to Lisbon for two and a half hours and then book all my flights and accommodation and um, organise a caddy and everything. So I didn't get to bed until like one in the morning. So I just 
ducked out to Macca's, had a couple of cheeseburgers and <laughs> went to bed. So it, wasn't, it wasn't too exciting, but I might have to... I'll make up for it at some stage while I'm over here for sure. I'm sure you will. And, and hey, there's look, a great I, McDonald's in Lisbon, by the way. It's one of the world's great one of the world's great Maccas. There's, some, there's a phrase you don't yeah, hear every day. It's very good. It's, it's outstanding. Timmy, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, in all seriousness, like you know, you, I know you love to party, and um, you know it's something we encourage. You don't, you know, you don't want people to be untrue to who they are. Do you yeah. cop grief for having a party from people who don't? have that same bent that you do, given that you can still push through and continue to achieve what you have? Yeah, I cop it heaps all the time. Um, you know, I think we're not really... It's very frowned upon to, you know, go out and have a good time and enjoy yourself. And, you know, I'm 26 and, you know, I don't have a wife and kids or anything, so I'm just sort of going around the world and it's hard not to go and enjoy yourself and still enjoy my life and that I do cop a lot of grief but I don't really don't worry me too much. I just still do what I enjoy doing and you know, um I never let it get in the way of my goals. I never yeah. I always pick the right time to do it and um when there's weeks off or, you know, having a break or something like that. But I'm not doing it during tournaments and, you know, the night before the final round and stuff like that. I'm pretty committed to my golf and even when I'm practicing I'm not partying so I've got leading up to a tournament but if there is an opportunity I'm definitely there and if I've got a bit of a break I definitely love going catching up with my mates and going out or going on a music festival or something like that yeah awesome so, yeah be true be true to yourself hey last one I don't know whether you've had the chance to kind of work out what's been going on around you globally with young Australian players this week but on the show we've already spoken about Lucas Herbert in Sicily, you know, we've spoken about you and to you. Cam Davis has had a great week over on web.com. Ryan Ruffles had a good week. Latin America. And a guy who's not that old, but he feels like he's pretty old now. <laughs> Matty Griffin, who's you know, eight years older than you, has had a great week up in Japan alongside Brendan Jones. Do you feel like you're part of this young flotilla of, you know, really gifted Australian golfers who are coming through the ranks of world golf together? Do you, do you get a sense for that at the moment, Timmy? Um, yeah, probably a little bit now. Um, yeah, to be honest, like I, I was never really like too much of a prodigy coming through. I was a pretty decent amateur. I never really got in any um, of the Golf Australia teams or anything like that. I didn't get the rookie program and all that. So I sort of built my way up, um, just you know, starting out pretty small and just grinding away. So I'm probably. I'm going all right now, but I definitely didn't see myself, you know, at the start as much of a prodigy and one of those young and up and coming. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way I'm going now. You should be. I'm just, Absolutely. as we say, I'm looking at the uh, World Golf Rankings page. You know, you've got, as I said, you're up to 240, and on the page next to you, just above your names, like Luke Donald, Jim Furyk, Aaron Baddeley, Graham McDowell. Robert Streb, Mark Warren, and you've got Morgan Hoffman, and Robert Garrigus, and you've got blokes just behind you like Nick Taylor and uh, Benjamin Haybed, Jonas Blixt, Andres Romero, Alvaro Quiros. So you are in, mate, right now where you sit, according to the numbers, you are in some fairly elite company, and it looks like you're heading in um, a direction that's taking you north of where you are right now. Congratulations on what you've done uh, in Portugal. Enjoy it. We can't wait to see what happens next. We're very, very excited for you. Thanks for joining us on the show.
No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated. On you, Jimmy. Jimmy Thanks, Papadatis, Jimmy. who's heading in all the right directions, joining us on the show. We'll get a break out of the way. On Inside the Ropes, come back with more after this. Hi, this is Sherelle McMahon. Swing Fit is the fun, healthy, social way for women to get started in golf. You'll learn the basics of the golf swing and how to putt over a six-week program and get your whole body moving through yoga and Pilates-style exercises. You don't need any golf knowledge or equipment. Simply turn up in comfy clothing and get started. You'll be surrounded by like-minded people and receive constant support. So get outdoors, meet new friends and learn a sport that you can play for the rest of your life. To find a program Visit swingfit.com.au. Peter Senior here. Really enjoy listening inside the ropes. Guys have always got something very interesting to talk about. Hope you enjoyed the program. Welcome back to the show. Bits and pieces before we wrap it up. But there's one story that you brought to our attention, Hazy, that is remarkable. We get obsessed, Stacey, with the number 59 in the great game of golf. And we see it at elite level here and there from time to time with people threatening it. Not often, Hazy, do we see it threatened or produced um, in suburban and regional real golfer land, but we have recently. We have. And with us today, we've got uh, the pro at the Wagga Wagga Country Club. We've got to put that on the table. He's not just a chopper. I just got lucky. (laughs) Kurt Stegbauer, welcome along. G'day, guys. How are you? We're great, but we're not as great as you. Having just You're feasting off the, the back of your 59 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, look, it's um, it's a good little story that one. It's um, it's enjoyable to see stuff because everyone keeps talking to me about it. So I love talking about it. it makes me feel good. <laughs> so tell us about it before we establish. Um, before we get talking about the fit, what was the best at Wagga that you'd ever had before? Uh, the best at Wagga I've ever had before was actually three under par. <laughs> so um, I've gone out and beaten it by seven. But um, part of it, part of the story is that. We had the um, two-day pro-am about five days and I'd actually done a fair bit of preparation for that, but, um, you know, it just didn't really click for me during the pro-am, and um, I played really well in the middle part, but sort of started falling and finished poorly, and then five days later, go out in the members' top, and, uh, you know, just lit it up. It just was... Uh, it just happened, really. So walk us through this, Kurt. You, you, you birdie the first, you stump it in there close on the first and tap it in, and that's you know that's good, but nothing spectacular. But what happened on the second? What did you say after a big long putt on the second dropped? Yeah, well, it was sort of interesting. So I guess going back a step, I had a, I had a morning I had a morning stacked up of meetings, and I literally got onto the tee, shoes untied, you know, just putting my hat on, my glove on, the guys are teed off. So there was no no hitting balls or no warming up. And anyway, yeah, birdied the first, which was nice. And then I hold about a 35-footer on the second, and it just went in like a like a rubber down a hole. And um, about a metre out, I thought, that's in. And then this sounds a bit cocky, but that's not really my go. But I just turned my playing partner and I said, quote, enjoy the ride, boys. <laughs> and, um, Pretty confident yeah, on the second hole there. That's great. Yeah, I know. Pretty, cl- and then you know, after six holes, I'm six under par, thinking, "Oh, let's just keep going with this." It's a hard. It's an easier thing said than done. I mean, you're not really you're not playing for sheep stations, and you're playing with the members. So, I guess you can sort of think, "Well, who cares if the wheels fall off here? I can just keep throwing this thing at pins and see how I go." Is that pretty much the mentality that you took for the for the last twelve holes? Yeah, pretty much. It was it was an interesting day because. Reflecting on my round, like, and if you know golf, you, 
you got to, um, you know how far you hit hit all of your clubs. So when you play at a professional level, you know how far you hit an eight on or a nine on. But I just kept on getting green lights all over the place where I'd get my distance to the hole and I'd be like, oh, that's an eight on. Oh, that's a seven on. So I kept on getting exactly the right number on the button. So it was just stand up and pull the trigger. And yeah, it was like um, playing darts there for a while. I just kept on throwing it straight at it. So at what Speaking st- of foreign language to Andy and I, Kurt, <laughs> at what stage of the round did you start thinking, did you start counting them up and going, hang on, hang on, I've got yeah. 59 in my sights here. What, what stage of the round? Well, I turned, I did, um, I did the first six and then I tied seven and then I rolled in a nice cut on eight and was knocked it close on nine. And so I turned... I turned eight under through nine holes. I turned to my playing cards and actually said to them, I said, guys, I'm in uncharted waters here. <laughs> Let, let's just keep going with it, eh? And they were like, yeah, 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 this is good. And then uh, the 10th year's a long past three down the hill, and I actually nearly hold my tee shot and ran it a metre past, but then had a, a big lip out there, and then I lipped out on the next one, which sort of, that actually, I got a little... That stalled my momentum a little bit because then I had, I think I had four or five pars in a row. And when I was making pars, I felt like I was making bogeys. <laughs> you know, having eight birdies and nine holes, I sort of, my par felt like a bogey. And then I sort of got my act together again and uh, made a few, a couple more coming in. <laughs> so, were there, was it. word filtering around the place, Kurt? We're talking to Kurt Stegbauer, pro from Wagga Wagga. Was, was word filtering around the place? Were people starting to kind of, Climb yeah. over trees and walk <laughs> walk through bunkers and swim through lakes uh, to get to you? Well, it was an interesting one. Word was filtering around because part of the funny thing was I, I sent out a few texts to guys <laughs> out on the course who I've got a relationship with. And I'm saying six under through six, eight under through nine. <laughs> what I didn't realise, they thought I was taking the mickey. They, they thought I was joking. So they didn't believe me. So as I... Uh, Walked up 18. I actually said to my playing partner, I said, Oh, look, look at the crowd that's gathered to watch. There was no one there. It was just me and my playing partner. <laughs> so, so, word did get around, but it was only after they said, Oh, we thought you were mucking around. I said, No, I was actually serious. So, anyway, so yeah, what's fine. 18? So, you're standing on the tee on 18 uh, at Wagga. What is 18 and what do you need to do? Yeah, so 18 is a strong pass three. It's up the hill. It's about 100 and. 80, and, and, and see, that's the interval. This was probably the one hole of the day where I had in between clubs. It was in between a five and a six on this. I was trying to hit a little fade five iron in there, and um, I got it about one or two grooves too low, and uh, it was dead on line, but it finished about oh, 30 feet short, and then uh, my putt finished a little bit short, and I actually had about a six left, right to the left of the par, and um, so that was probably where I felt the pressure the most because I knew that I was cutting for 10 under. And um, it was actually it was a good, good little lesson because I thought to myself, right, yeah, it's a pretty tough part, but let's just, you know, stick to my processes, stick to what I've done today. And just went from the routine and uh, it went straight in the middle. But I can assure you what looked like it was happening on the outside wasn't what was happening on the inside. Isn't that great? The most important thing I want to know, Curtis, did you beat your mates in the club comp? Oh, yeah, I smashed him. <laughs> and how has the golf club uh, responded to this one, Kurt? <laughs> yeah, that, look, they've been, they've been really good. Like, I've only been in the club pro here for um, 
15 months now. And, um, you know, I guess having a new pro has brought a fair bit of excitement and uh, all the programs and activities that I've brought to the club. You know, the, the numbers here at the club, they're up about 15% on rounds, which is which is phenomenal in the golf industry to hear a golf club that's getting uh, more, more players and less players. But okay. it's just really... They've all known that I'm a pretty good coach and a pretty good player, but when you shoot a round like that, it does give you a, an element of credibility. And, um, yeah, it certainly has helped with the lessons. Of the lessons of, uh, l- lessons have gone up the last couple of weeks, have they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> yeah, no, so look, it's just been... It's a really good golf club. Great membership here. Um, they're all, you know, good-hearted people, and they just want the best for the golf club. So it's been really well received. And clearly, Kurt, as I let you go, Hazy, I know whether you got another one, but clearly the thing to take away from this, Kurt, is that warm-ups are completely overrated. Yeah, it's funny. I've known that for a while, but I still stick to my routine of wanting to get prepared well. But, yeah, it's just it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, I've heard lots of stories about that. Like, I remember when Craig, Harry... Won a US tour and then he um, he missed his, uh, his he missed his alarm and his caddy woke him up with ten minutes before his tea time and he goes out and wins the tournament so yeah it's a funny one isn't it. Mate, it's a great story, and we're delighted that you've been able to share it with us on um, Inside the Ropes today. They'll never take it away from you. You've got the legend of the 59. You've got the moniker <laughs> Mr. 59, and uh, we're better for hearing the story, Kurt. Thanks for telling it to us. Good on you guys. Thanks for having me and uh, all the best. Well, that's an awesome story. 59 anywhere, anytime. But as the pro at your local golf club, that is uh, legendary stuff. And uh, for somebody who's only been there for 15 months, I don't reckon they'll be there for 15 years at least after that. Yeah. He's from the Cronulla Shire originally. Uh, the, what, the, the Shire. The Shire. The Shire. Shire. Um, but he's down there. And it, that is the, that is the uh, hotbed of Australian sport, Wagga. My word it is. I mean, it doesn't matter what code of footy you follow or you know, what your summer sport is, there's a legend Absolutely in Wagga. Is. So it's great to add another one to that sort of list. And great course. Anyone's driving by there. I think it's Lake Albert, Andy, Wagga Wagga have Country Have you played Club. there, have you? I've been past it. Just uh, I haven't actually pulled the sticks out, but it looks magic. Yeah. And, and I, anything in sport in Wagga is on my list to do because of all the sort of great players and great athletes and great atmosphere around the town. It's phenomenal. And just a good-looking course. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great story. Um, so other bits and pieces before we wind it up. Um, Stace, Vicky Hurst uh, made history on the weekend on the Symmetra Tour. I'm sure you want to necessarily be making history on the Symmetra Tour, but she won her eighth for the eighth time on the Symmetra Tour, which is absolutely outstanding. For a played in the Solheim Cup, I think, back in 2011. If yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's correct. Sounds about right. Um, remarkable to be the, the winningest player in the history of the secondary tour over there, but they've come with that a sense of frustration as well, I reckon. Yeah, I uh, I actually couldn't believe that when I heard that stat. It's probably a stat that's not going to be beaten for a long time, I mm. think. Um, when I think when I saw Vicky had won on the weekend, I thought gee, she has, she's really hung around, you know, she's like you said, been a Solheim Cup star played well on LPGA lost her card on LPGA, gone back to Sumatra, back to LPGA I remember her family speaking to me once about how she could get into Europe, how she could play some European events because she didn't have status on LPGA. Yeah, yeah. And now obviously back on, but probably I think she's between LPGA and um, Symmetra Tour. So, I mean, seriously, hats off to her. Like, I, I don't think I'd hang around to be doing that. If you can win eight times on the secondary <laughs> tour, you should be a good enough player to be a regular card-carrying member 
of the major tour, I would have thought. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, you that's would the think battle. So. Winning is a battle, right? <laughs> yeah, winning in golf, it's yeah. uh, it's not easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah. eight <laughs> times she's won it. Now, there's a new tournament before we wrap it up and give you all the various bits and pieces. Is there a new t- tournament that's following Zurich that's uh, going to be? Uh, in Sconce now on the LPGA Tour, is it? Well, we keep hearing right. things about the men's and women's maybe having a combined event, and let's hope that one day we get that together. But for right now, uh, the LPGA Tour last week uh, announced a new event for 2019 onwards, Andy, uh, up in um, the beautiful Great Lakes area of the United, called, United States. I'm just going through this, <laughs> but it's uh, sponsored by the Dow Chem- Chemical Company. Right, no, it's, Hopefully it's none be... of those chemicals find their way into the Great Lakes, <laughs> well, that's, which I'm let's sure hope they won't. That. The Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational, with a very similar format to the Zurich uh, on the men's side at New Orleans, which we've uh, raved about for the we last have. few weeks. So absolutely fantastic uh, to see the another team's event, another different format it's coming on the LPGA. Absolutely exciting, Stace. And I know someone that you know very well got got their hand up to play already. Yeah, Sarah Kemp on Twitter the other day. I saw um, the word is that there's going to be twenty, t- uh, sorry, seventy teams. And so Kempy put something out there. Any of the girls on LPGA, I think you're really pretty and all wonderful, and I would love to be your partner. So, <laughs> no, but it's uh, that's uh, that's a Kempy sort of tweet. But yeah. yeah, Mike Wan, the LPGA commissioner, he's never short of ideas, is he? And what he's done over the last few years is yeah, it's been awesome for the tour, and this is just another thing he's adding. And did, we spoke earlier about Lucas Herbert, Andy. Mm. Um, he's going off what he did this week uh, in Sicily. Uh, it's got him qualification to play at what is going to be called the Belgium knockout this this week on the European tour. This is the rebadged Belgian Open, Belgium Open, which hasn't been on the tour for 18 years. Yeah, right. Like it just it just fizzled out. They're bringing it back. Now, how about this for a format? The Belgium knockout, 36 holes of stroke play to get the top 64 qualifiers. Yep. So not dissimilar, I suppose, to the Perth Super 6, the World Super 6 Perth, sorry. Then they play... Three lots of nine holes on Saturday and three lots of nine holes on Sunday. Match play knockout to get from 64 to 32 to 16 oh, and really so on cool. down to one. How good. Yeah, that's so six lots of nine hole match play. Awesome. And if ever there's a format that's invented for Lucas Herbert. <laughs> Absolutely. Bring yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Bring no, this. That, that well, he, yeah. How well did he do in the Perth one as yeah, well? So, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but another great format. And yeah. I'm, yep. like, I just, I'm clapping inwardly. European Tour for actually doing that. Um, and just as the LPGA. Huge yeah, to see. Boring 72-hole metal play struck off whenever possible. No, more of it, yep. uh, we say. Uh, don't forget, if you are a part-time listener to the show, you can subscribe to Inside the Ropes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, or any other medium that supplies you your podcasts. Uh, if and when you do uh, subscribe, if you feel the need, and you all do, let's admit it, to leave a review... <laughs> Do it with five stars. Attach five stars. Apparently, it just makes it easier for people to find the show. I'm not sure how the algorithms, all this sort of stuff work, Stace, but apparently they do. Um, one of you, I believe, has got our latest five-star review. Hazy, you always like reading, the, reading these out because there's generally something nice said about you in them. Well, thankfully, this isn't about singing, Andy, because I'm still recovering yeah, from point. that publicly. Graham D. I don't know if he's a, any relationship to Heavy D and the boys or something like that, Andy. I'm not right, sure, okay. but yep. let's roll with that. Graham D. Thanks, Graham. Great podcast with presenters who really know the game and have a genuine affinity and personal connection with a lot of the current Australian young guns. 
male and female. A treat for my trip to work each week. Bravo. Uh, good on you, G. That's the sort of stuff we like. Thanks, G. Um, and again, we've been able to touch base with uh, with one of those young guns this week. Thanks for to Dimmy Papadatis for coming on the show. Thanks, you lot, for listening. Uh, good to see you back in town, Stacey. You come straight from the airport to do this. You're an absolute superstar. Thank you. I and didn't want to miss it. Well, some said you wouldn't make it, so you've stuck it right up them. Thanks, Southo. Yeah, which, yeah I didn't want to miss it, so thanks for, uh, thanks for waiting. Good to see you again, Hazy. You too, Murray. That's it for Inside the Ropes. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Back to do it all again next week.